Hey, thanks for checking out this week's message. We hope you're blessed by the Word of God. For more information on River of Life, you can check out our website, rolmt.com, or download our app. Just search R-O-L-M-T in your app store. Thanks. Well, good morning, River of Life. I'm so glad you're at church today, and we're excited about all the things that we just saw in that video that happened last month. Can I tell you that on, uh, on Friday in this room, we had uh, about 98 uh, people who are, who are unhoused at the moment uh, come into this room. They were able to receive not only a meal, but they also were able to receive many other resources. And it was just incredible to see how Hope Beacon, one of the ministries here at the church, was able to coordinate with other entities throughout the city and make that happen so that we had uh, a shuttle bus that went and picked up many of them and brought them here and they were able to come in and receive all kinds of different resources. And I just want you to know that that's all possible because of your faithfulness in giving. And so I just want to thank those of you who were a part of that great thing. We give them a round of applause. I also want to take a moment and thank all the ladies who stayed after church last Sunday and decorated all the whole building uh, for Christmas. Can you give them a round of applause as well? There's a lot of things that happen here that, that many of you are unaware of, and that's why it's so important that you also find your place in ministry. There's so many ministry opportunities, and if you have not yet been plugged in in some way, will you do me a favor and just hop onto the app or stop at the Welcome Center and, and check some of those boxes of things that you would be interested in so that you can find your place of not only just receiving, you know, that's part of church, but a lot of church is giving back. And, uh, and it's because there are those who've already found their place in ministry that we're able to do all the things that we do. And so I just want to encourage you with that and thank you in advance for, for taking the time to do that. We've been in a series for the last couple of weeks that we've called Genealogy, and we've looked at all kinds of things. And we basically, I wanted you to understand as we look at the genealogy of Jesus leading up to Christmas Day, uh, the, that there's a lot of misfits and messes that are in Jesus's genealogy. And the reason I want you to hear that is because there's hope for you, right? Some of you may feel hopeless, and I'm just telling you, after you hear these stories, you're going to understand there's hope for you. Um, and, uh, and I love that God did that. I'm lo- I love that. I mean, God could have made it like this perfect bloodline that there was, there was all people that had all their stuff together, but he didn't. If you were with us, you know that we talked about Lot and his daughters a few weeks ago. Last week, we talked about David and Bathsheba, and we're going to continue to look at some different characters over these next few weeks, but I want to start by looking in the New Testament, and we're going to look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. It says this, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for all that you're doing. We thank you, Father, for just the fact that you use us, that you allow us to be part of your great plan. Lord, as we look at this genealogy, I hope it's a reminder to each and every one of us that, God, you can use us. No matter what our backstory is, God, you have a plan and a dream and a desire for us to move forward. And God, we just pray over everyone who will be watching and participating with us today. We thank you for those who are already meeting in Star Valley this morning, and God, those who will join us in Alaska, and those who will join us in Malawi, and those who watch in jail. God, even just the letters that we received over the last few weeks of people being touched and transformed by the power of your word coming through something as simple as an iPad in a prison cell. And we just praise you for that. And God, we continue to want to be used of you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. 
So I want us to look at this verse for just a few moments because as we look at this, but seek first the kingdom and, and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. We need to understand that success directly relates to how much we seek him. We seek him, we chase him, we do what's important to him, we do things in his order, and all of a sudden it says things will be added to us. But I wanted to back up a little bit on that verse because we, we read that verse a lot. You've, if you've grown up in the church or you've been around the church, you, we've even said it a lot from this stage. But I wanna read the verses that precede it. Matthew chapter six, verse 31 says this. So don't worry about these things saying, what will I eat, what will I drink, what will I wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything that you need. It's so important for us as believers to understand this, especially in the day and the time that we live. Uh, we live in a season and a time where everything is becoming more expensive, where things are harder. I talk to people all the time where, where things that, that they used to be okay and now they're struggling because of gas prices, because of whatever, and they find themselves in a hard season. But if we are truly believers and we truly do understand, this scripture tells us that those are the thoughts that dominate unbelievers. As believers, they shouldn't dominate us because if we seek God first, if we chase after what God says is important, the Bible says he'll take care of your needs. He will take care of you. I think where we, where we find ourselves in a little bit of a mess is many of us spend more of our time seeking our stuff, what we want, what's important to us, instead of seeking what God says we should be seeking. And that's where we find ourselves in trouble. Well, today I wanna look, and you'll understand a little bit more why that verse came out in the beginning of this, 2 Chronicles chapter 26. I'm not gonna read all of that to you. You can read it for yourself if you want to. But I want us to look at this, this uh, guy who is in Jesus's lineage named Uzziah. Uzziah was the, mo the second most accomplished king in all of Judah. He was on the throne from the age of 16, and he was on the throne for 52 years. He was a guy who accomplished incredible things. He fortified the cities. He rebuilt many of the, of the bigger and key cities in his kingdom. He was uh, a genius when it came to warfare, and he figured out ways that they could, they could increase the way that they did things, that he put defenses in place that, that made things even better. He was very, very good at being the king. He led through some huge construction projects, and uh, he made Judah self-sustaining, which it was not before. And so it was amazing the things that he did. Uh, in fact, during his reign, Judah knocked off many of their enemies under, under Uzziah's reign. So let's look at 2 Chronicles chapter 26, starting with verse uh, 4. It says this, He behaved well in the eyes of God, following in the footsteps of his father Amaziah. He was a loyal seeker of God. He was well-trained by his pastor and teacher, Zechariah, to live in reverent obedience before God. And for, and for as long as Zechariah lived, Uzziah lived a godly life, and God prospered him. So I want us to look at this for just a moment, because going back to the verse that we started with, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and God will provide. He'll take care of you. Uzziah, the, the verse that we just read, says that, that he lived a godly life. And, and I just told you that he had so many incredible successes. And so as we look at that, we need to realize that there is a correlation. When you put yourself in God's hands, then you will find success. 
When you allow yourself to do what God is calling you to do, then it puts something in you and it makes something happen inside of your life. But can I tell you that in this generation, in this time that we live in, we have become a very spoiled people. And we have become a very self-centered people. I can't even imagine if we went back even like 40 years and showed people like that, that people would be all about taking pictures of themselves. You know what I mean? Like that's so normal now. Like you walk down the street and you just see people taking photos of themselves. It's very self-centered society that we live in. And everything is easy for us. And when we say a lot of the things that we think are hard are actually not hard because we're used to everything being so easy. We've become actually quite a whiny people, Amen. right? Some of you know what I'm talking about. And some of you are like the weather whiners. How many weather whiners do I have in the house? Right? Like it's not that long ago, it was August. And many of you in August were like, oh my gosh, it's so hot. It's just so hot. I can't wait till it cools down. And now we find ourselves today and you came in, oh, it's so cold. Why can't it just be warm, right? We want what we want when we want it, and we're used to getting it. You know, I mean, even if you have to go to a drive-thru and you have to wait for 10 minutes in the drive-thru, now Chick-fil-A being the exception to the rule, right? I mean, some of you are like the three-hour line people. Here's a little tip. Don't spread it, but go inside. It's a lot quicker. Um, but... But it, it, except for that one, if you go to, I mean, if you're like, oh, I had to wait forever, and then you look and say, well, it's actually 10 minutes. It's not actually. But we're used to, right? We just want what we want when we want it. We become very, uh, very self-centered. Everything's about us. Everything's about what I want, what I need. But listen to this verse again in the NIV this time. It says this, he sought God during the days of Zechariah who instructed him in, in the fear of God. As long as he sought the Lord, God gave him success. So as we read that, we understand, well, there must have been a time where Uzziah chose not to serve God or not to do God's will because otherwise that verse wouldn't make a lot of sense. So as his fame began to spread, as he became more and more powerful, we begin to see that something changes inside of him. Can I tell you right now, you are a powerful person. Whether you know it or not, we live in a day and an age right now where you can, you can send a message to somebody across around the world. You can get onto your social media and you can say whatever you wanna say and you may, get, you may get 100 or even 1,000 or thousands of people to listen to you. That is like unprecedented. Right? I mean, back in the day, in order to, to reach that kind of a, a group of people, you'd have to have a TV broadcaster or something like that. But now, from the, the thing that you carry in your pocket, you can reach all these people. So there's, there's power in that. And what, what can happen is we can start to believe our own press and we can start feeling pretty good about ourselves at times. Well, Uzziah began to feel pretty good. He had all these successes, and while his mentor was with him, and his mentor would say, hey, follow God, chase after God, and God will give you all of these things. Now, now his mentor is gone, and he begins to believe that it's because of him and how good he is. Verse 15, in Jerusalem, he made devices invented uh, for the use of on, on the towers and on the corner defenses so that the soldiers could shoot arrows and hurl large stones from the walls. 
His fame spread far and wide, for he was greatly helped until he became powerful. Verse 16, but, everybody say but. But But after Uzziah became powerful, his pride led to his downfall. He was unfaithful to the Lord, his God, and entered the temple of the Lord to burn incense at the altar of incense. So we talked a few weeks ago about how big is your butt, right? Anybody remember that? Uh, Uzziah's butt was pretty big here. Uh, He made this decision that he was pretty powerful and pretty important. Um, We can lose it all when we forget that it all comes from God. His pride was his downfall. He went in to burn incense, and, and let, me, let me explain to you why that's a problem, because it's not his place or his calling. So as we look at the, the order of things in, in this time, there's a king and there's priests. Priests' job are to take care of the temple and to burn the incense. The king's job is never to do that. But Uzziah decides that he's good enough and he's, he, should, he should be able to do whatever he wants. The order of God cannot be violated without there being a consequence. We often choose to do good things over God things, and this is where I think we lose it. This story is not relatable in that this this scenario could ever happen here, but where it is relatable is God has a calling for each and every one of us, and he has designed you with a purpose, and he wants to use you in specific ways. And where we get into trouble is when we decide we're gonna do our own thing. We're gonna chase after good things. In this story, Uzziah, what he wanted to do was good. Light incense at the altar, that needed to happen. That's, That's good but it wasn't what God had designated for Uzziah to do, right? So, so many of you are chasing things that are not yours to chase. In other nations at this particular time, there were kings who also acted as priests, but not in this kingdom. That's not the way it was set up. And so the priests confronted Uzziah and they gave him another chance. Can I tell you how important it is for us to have godly people in our lives that will confront us when we're about to screw up? It's important for us to have people that are in our lives that will, that will hold us accountable. We, if you don't have that, you need to get it. I love that, that even as Jason was up here talking, he was talking about that, that reality of, of have somebody that will remind you of the good things. Have somebody who will share with you the good things that are happening in their life, but also to remind you of the good that God's already done inside of you. And here's the thing, when you, when you get somebody in your life and you say, hey, I just need some accountability, could you help hold me accountable? We all say that, we all like it until we don't like it, right? We all want it until we don't want it. And so having that relationship, and, and so here we see that Uzziah, the priests come up and they say, hey, that's not your place, you're not supposed to do that. And, and uh, as we'll continue to read in the story in just a moment, we'll see that he, he decides not to listen. But I think for many of us, what we've done is we've come to a place where we have, we have stopped seeking God's approval and we've started seeking man's approval. We seek our family's approval at the expense of God's approval. We seek our boss's approval even when it doesn't please our God. We seek social media approval. Some of you maybe wouldn't put it in these terms, but you're all about trying to build your brand. And can I just tell you right now, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, if you look at the tag, it should say Jesus. That's your brand. So even if that hurts your, your status on social media, it doesn't matter because you actually died to Christ. Christ. 
Chasing after the world's priority list instead of God's will cause you harm. And Uzziah heard the warning and he bullied his way through not listening to godly counsel. We need, to, we need to not only have godly counsel in our lives, but we need to listen to it. We need to pay attention to it. We need to heed it. So sometimes we like to double down in our rebellion and God responds uh, to humility more than he does to us pushing our way into something. Sometimes we, we blow it and we know we've blown it, but we double down on it. I, I was saying this last night that it's interesting when we were raising our kids that um, you would, there were times when we'd confront one of our children about the fact that they had made a mistake. We caught them doing something or we, we heard that they had done something. And, and sometimes when we would do that, they would, they would um, make up a big, you know, oh, well, it's not really my fault because blah, 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 and, and whatever. Sometimes they would own it. Yeah, man, I blew it. I, I did do that and I'm sorry and, and please forgive me. And how many of you know, as a parent, there's so much more grace in that moment, right? Then in, in all the excuses. We live in a society that's full of excuses. Reasons why I did what I did and, and why, you should, why it's not really my fault and, and everything. Nobody is anybody's fault anymore. It's always somebody else's fault. And parents in the room, I just would, this is a side note, but I would just encourage you, teach your children to own their stuff. Because we need to raise a generation that understands accountability and understands what it is to, to say I'm sorry when they've made a mistake. Because God doesn't listen to prideful complaining, but he does listen to humble confessing. We live in a day and time where there are lots of excuses and it's time for those to stop. So let's look at verse 19. It says this, Uzziah who had the censer in his hand ready to burn incense, became angry. While he was raging at the priests in their presence before the incense altar in the Lord's temple, leprosy broke out on his forehead. When Azariah, the chief priest, and the other priests looked at him and saw that he had leprosy on his forehead, they hurried him out. Instead, indeed, he himself was eager to leave because the Lord had afflicted him. You want to be ushered out of his presence quickly? Be rebellious. Do your own thing. I hear people say quite often that have been maybe in the church for a while, it doesn't feel the same. When I, I remember when I used to come and I would worship and I would just, I would, I would just feel the presence of the Lord or, or I would get into my Bible and, and the Lord would speak to me. But can I tell you that so many times I think that when we've been in the church for a while, there's things in our lives where we've allowed rebellion to come into our life. And I'll tell you right now, that will usher you out of the presence of God. It puts a barrier between you and what God wants to do inside of your life. Here we see the second most accomplished king and and. He had all these things going for him as long as he was obedient and he understood where it was coming from. But once he decided that, that he was so good that he didn't have to live by what God was saying anymore, sometimes we get to a place where, again, coming back to that place of having godly instruction in your life, whether that's from here, whether that's in a life group, whether that's just people in your life that can speak truth to you, but we get to a place where we just want to do our own thing. We want to do what makes us happy. 
And some of you sit in the room and you, you're, you're unequally yoked. You're in a, in a relationship thinking about even getting married and you're, you're with somebody who is not a believer and you're pushing through trying to make excuses to, as to why it's okay right now. It's not okay. You need to set yourself up to win. You're setting yourself up for pain just because you want to you wanna make an excuse. Because The Bible tells us the way that we're supposed to live our lives. And here we see the second most accomplished king. He had done so many things, but because of his disobedience, the final word on him is that he got leprosy and he died alone. That's a pretty crummy thing to be put on your tombstone. Uzziah had accomplished so much, and those are the last words. Verse 5 again, as we look at, at chapter 26, it says this, he sought God during the days of Zechariah who instructed him in the fear of God. As long as he sought the Lord, God gave him success. Seek him equals success. Seek success equals death. So Uzziah went and he burned incense, which is a good thing, but for the wrong reason. He tried to change the relationship between him and God. And God has already defined his relationship with you. You don't get to redefine it. You let him redefine you. We try to change things so that God will fit where it's convenient for us. Can I just tell you, as I was thinking about this, I was thinking about Uzziah and he comes in and he's a king and he wants to take on the role of a priest. Can I tell you, I think that in our society today that there's been a shift and there's a lot of men who are called to be priests who are trying to live as kings. Yeah. Hear me, men. God has called you to be the priest of your home. Yeah. And you can't relinquish that. You can't say, well, I don't want to be the priest. She's better at it than me. He defined the relationship. He defined who you're supposed to be. So if you're in a place right now where, where as we look at this story, we see that the priest's job was to light incense and to change the atmosphere in the room. Men, when you come home, are you changing the atmosphere in the room? And is it in a good way? Is it in a godly way? Are you coming home from work? And, you, and you're frustrated and you're barking at your wife and you're, and you're yelling at your children and you're, and you're not speaking about godly things, can I tell you the incense you're supposed to light in your, in your home is love, joy, peace, patience, patience, patience. Light the incense, priest. That's your job. Quit trying to be the king. He's the king. You're the priest. Here's another thing, priest. A priest would make church a priority. Oof. You're getting a little bonus this morning. This day. I didn't say that last night. You wouldn't only go to church when it's convenient or when you feel like it. Priest can't do that. Priest makes church a priority. But because some of you, you've become kings. But guess what? If you become the king, you're ousting him from the throne. Mm, all right. We see it with his word today. 
People warp who God is to fit what they want instead of changing who they are to match the word. We see it with pastors who are called to be proclaimers, but they've become editors. You see, God sets the relationship. You don't. God determines who you are. You don't. And when you start to determine who you are, instead of letting him determine who you are, there's going to be an outbreak. Things are going to change. Things are going to become harder for you. Because we want things our own way and our stubbornness stops us from being who God's called us to be. God has a plan for you and your stubborn rebellion will stop it cold. Some of you in this room have put all your time and effort into external things. God wants, to, wants you to focus on the internal. He wants to change your heart. He wants to bring you to where he needs you to be. As we look at this story, it's interesting to me because Uzziah makes this decision. He says, you know what? I'm good enough at being king. I think I can do both. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna do the priestly thing now. And so he walks in and these guys try to stop him and we see that the story unfolds that as he goes forward and does what he's not supposed to do, that leprosy breaks out. And I, I think about that in like modern day terms, that would be pretty wild if when we walk in rebellion, all of a sudden like leprosy breaks out in our, in our right? You know, your ear falls off because you were rebellious this morning. Okay, that's gross. But, um, but I think for us, it's not gonna be, a, it's not necessarily gonna be some sickness that comes to us, but we're gonna miss things that God has for us. Some of you sit in the room and God's called you to things and you've put them on the back burner because you're pursuing kingly things. Because you're pursuing wanting to have more money and more things. And once I accomplish this in my career, then I can focus on godly things. And God is saying, don't you define this relationship, I'll define it. He's the one that created you and he created you on purpose. And if you'll seek first his kingdom, if you'll seek his righteousness, if you'll seek who he says that you are, then success will follow. It absolutely will. Why? Because all of a sudden when you start chasing after God's will and it be, then his will becomes your will, guess what? God wants to see his will come to fruition. Do you understand that? So, so all of a sudden, the God of the universe, the one who breathed everything into life, now he says, you're doing what I need you to do, so you're gonna see success throughout the process now because you're doing what I've asked of you. As we look at genealogy, I wanted to tell this story today because I think for many of us, what we need to realize is here is Uzziah and he had everything going the right way. And we would have thought that maybe the story would end there and it would make sense that he's in the genealogy of Jesus. But instead, because he turns his back and decides to do his own thing, his story ends with got leprosy, died alone. Why would God put that in his story? Why would that be in the genealogy? Because God wanted us to understand that even though we may have been disobedient in our past, if we'll choose today to get things right, God can use you. God wants to do great things through you. And I just really feel like for some of you today, maybe you sit in the room or you're watching online and you feel as though You've blown it in so many ways. You've had such a hard life. Maybe your story is one of difficulty that was not your fault. 
But you've, if you were honest this morning, you'd feel as though, hey, I'm written out of the story. I'm a side note. It's not how God sees you. And he does see you. He sees you as the star of the drama that he's put together for that is your life. Some of you, it's too much drama. <laughs> Give me a rom-com, God, please. But he loves you right where you are. I'm asking everybody in the room if you'll close your eyes with me for the next few moments. And in just a minute, we're going to close with a little bit more worship. But as the worship team comes and they get ready to lead us in, this, in some more worship, I just wanted to take an opportunity this morning because I really believe that there are some of you who sit here today, and even as we've been walking through this series, maybe you feel like, I have not been seeking him first. I have not been pursuing his things. But today you want to make a change. You want to say yes to Jesus. You want to say yes to his will. Because here's the thing, he has success for you. Some of you have spent even the last few weeks, I know I talked to a single mom last night who just with the season that she's walking through, things are super hard. And she stood with tears rolling down her eyes as she said how difficult it is that she's working as much as she can. And can I tell you how cool it was to be able to say, listen, I, uh, we've got this amazing opportunity where we can get your kid their presence. Why? Because seek first the kingdom of God and the things you need, he'll take care of them for you. But maybe you haven't been seeking his kingdom. Maybe you've been seeking your own kingdom, trying to build your own story, trying to make things happen for yourself. Today is your day to say, God, I'm not doing that anymore. I want to put you on the throne. For some of you that hit home because you have been trying to be a king when you're not called to be a king. So I'm gonna ask you this morning, if that's you and you'd be honest, no one's looking around except for myself. And I just wonder if you're in the room, I'd like to pray with you before we close this out. If you're here and you've never accepted Jesus into your heart or you have accepted him, but if you're honest, you're not seeking him, you're not pursuing him, you're not a follower of Jesus right now. I wanna make that right before we leave today. So if that's you this morning, would you do me a favor and just lift up your hand and catch my eye because I wanna pray with you before we leave. Okay. Yeah, I see you guys way back there. Yeah, thanks, bud. Thank you. Yeah, I see you back there, thanks. Thank you. Good job, girls. Yeah, I see you way back there, thanks. Anyone else this morning that would just say, Jason, will you remember me in this closing prayer? morning as we close this time out I'm going to just ask everybody in the room I see you back there man thank you for your honesty I appreciate that as we close this time out I'm going to ask whether you raised your hand or you didn't will you just repeat this prayer with us and those of you who raised your hand and you know this is a moment and somebody tell me afterwards last night this was a change for me something's changing and I know it it's an incredible season of being able to go you know what I'm tired of trying to make things happen. I'm gonna put these things in his hands. So let's all pray this prayer together, okay? Dear Jesus, thank you that you love me. I thank you that you see me. I thank you that you died on the cross for me. 
And I thank you especially that you rose again. Forgive me of my sin. And today I'm deciding to follow you. You are the king. And I will follow. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it, welcome to the family. And God has big plans for you. Watch what he does. Will you give them a round of applause? As we close out this time with just a little bit more worship, I just would like to encourage you, wherever you find yourself in your faith journey, take these last moments and just say, God, help me to seek you first. Help me to make you the priority. Men in the room, help me to be the priest of my home. Help me to be in the right relationship, the way I need to be, so that my children in this horrific, hard world will see what it is to be a believer of Jesus Christ. Not just while they're at church, but while they're at home as well. So let's just take these last few moments and let God's word just soak in into us and let's ask him what it is that we need to work on, where it is that we need to surrender to him. And let's watch what he does. Amen? Amen. Will you stand? Let me pray over you. God, we just thank you so much for all that you do. We praise you that, Lord, as we look at your genealogy, you show us yet again your grace, your mercy, your love, your acceptance. So, Father, I pray for those who right now, even as they stand in this room, they feel as though they are an outcast. They feel as though they are, they are not good enough. They're not able. God, I pray, Lord, that those things would break off. That, God, they would understand that the God of the universe loves them and sees them right where they are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The altars are open if you need prayer. Thank you for being here this morning. Hey, thanks for listening. River of Life is a ministry in East Missoula, Montana. We exist for one purpose, to make Jesus famous by showing his love to the lost, broken, and hurting. For more information, you can check us out online at rolmt.com. If you've made a decision to follow Jesus today, we'd love to talk to you about what comes next. Shoot us an email at nextstep at rolmt.com. Thanks.